Hi, everybody. Um, this is Gracie with Self-Care with Gracie, um, and I am here today uh, with a really special lady. Her name is Hannah Allardyce, and um, she I've known Hannah for a long time, and she's a really wonderful yoga teacher in Washington, D.C., and I, I met her, I remember, at a, at a, like a fundraiser for Yoga District. She's just in, here from Syracuse. And, and just the way that we got into a conversation, I just felt her so present with me. And this is, unfortunately, in Washington, D.C., like I forget to be present all the time. Other people forget to be present. But I was like, whoa, this lady is like something is working in her yoga because she's just here and now with me. And, um, and it's been really cool to, yeah, uh, watch her um, adjust to DC and become this like real, really inspirational force in the yoga community. Um, her teacher is Dharma Mitra, uh, who's, who's like a really incredible yoga living master who lives in New York. And um, and I, and so Hannah's teaching yoga in that respect. But in these past few years, she's been teaching yoga as a mama. <laughs> she has um, mm-hmm. one son, Louis, and um, and she just had um, a baby last week. Um, we were supposed to talk last week, and I got this message instead saying, oh, we just welcomed baby Jane to our family. So we, we delayed a week, and Hannah is generously, um, and Jane is generously giving of her mother right now to, her, <laughs> to have a conversation. And, and I think there's this instinct always of like, oh, let's wait to talk about self-care until life is not so crazy. Um, and I'm like, mm. no, let's talk about self-care when we need it the most. So I was just really intrigued mm-hmm. about this possibility of getting to connect with you, Hannah, um, in this moment where you you were in just – we were just talking before I started the recording about how it's very sweet and it's a very tender time and it brings up a lot. And so thank you so much for being here. And I would love to just start the conversation off with asking you about what what is helping you in, in this time right now in, your, in terms of your own self-care. I think that's a wonderful question. I just want to say thank you for everything you said before, too. I feel the same way about you. And from the time I met you, I felt the same way, just how I felt I was really talking with someone who was talking with me, and it was so beautiful. And um, thank you for everything you said. Um, I think that's a wonderful question and something that I hope this message spreads and spreads and spreads across mamas because... Um, I think that, you know, we all hear it a lot that it's essential for mothers to take care of themselves, you know, and to come to, with their children and their lives from a place of abundance rather than lack. But it's so hard when we're physiologically, <laughs> there's baby Jane. Sometimes she sounds like a pterodactyl. Um, <laughs> but um, so it's such a great question. Um, and posted something on Facebook the other day about my top three ways that I'm staying uplifted because you're right, these days are um, kind of wild because she likes to eat every couple of hours, sometimes every hour. So um, in the middle of the night, there's a lot of time when I'm only sleeping for about 30 minutes at a time. And, um, and the things that I really try to stay, stay on top of, meaning like, I commit myself to them, you know, each day in terms of self-care are um, shavasanas. So anytime I can get them, even if they're like 10 minutes, um, if she's nursing or if she's asleep or, um, you know, like today we were at the grocery store and my husband 
jumped out of the car and got the groceries, and I was in the car with her, and I stayed in the car and did a shavasana. Um, so I'll just lead myself um, through a deep relaxation, um, starting with my toes going all the way up. And um, that's really lovely, just to do that as many times as I can. And then also um, breathing, um, alternate nostril breathing, really centers me because not having a lot of sleep can really take us out of just feeling like our normal selves. But I feel like the breathing practice really helps me feel at least a little bit, you know, more like myself. And, and you know, like I have a little bit of space between myself and the worries or stress, common stresses of being a mother and being in family and things like that. Um, and then I try to stay committed to having green juice every day too, which I think is a really nice way to keep your cells really happy. And like I always feel like when I drink green juice that I'm like my cells are dancing. So, um, and then there are other things like abhyanga, the massage. I think you've recommended that in um, various places and um, in baths too, which are really wonderful. Um, and all of these things I, I used to feel like I didn't have time for. But when I really started to bring them into my life, I realized that they, like, made space for everything else. So, um, so those are the ways, I think. Oh, I think I wanted to tell you this, too. One thing that I think is so um, beautiful for self-care, and I've noticed I've been even doing it the last, um, you know, 13 days that she's been alive, is still trying to be, like, my creative self and tapping into... Um, the things that I feel really impassioned to do. And right now I can't really act on them in a, in, a, in a tangible way, but I do think about them still every day, try to think about those things that I um, really want to create with this body and this mind and this heart and think about, well, okay, what would it look like for me to create that and let myself get inspired every day. Um, that's another way that I take care of myself too. Those are great. Um, I love how tangible they are. Like, oh, I, I can't get a full night's sleep, and then there's options around that. You can get really upset and like add add a layer of drama to like not being able to get the full night's sleep, which I'm sure happens when yeah. you're tired. That just happens. Or you can. Yeah. It just sounds. They sound proactive to me. It's like, okay, well, this this isn't going to happen, and I have you know this time, and I can be texting on my phone which is sort of the draw in those moments where I can be like, yes. you know, just like take it when you can get it. And, and exactly. I think that's one of the things that's felt so cool about the self-care work is realizing that it, it like five minutes is fine. Like five minutes is yes. perfect. And five minutes, five minutes yes. can shift your whole entire day and your whole entire mood. Yes. But you got to take that five minutes when it's, when it's available yes. to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there has to be, there's some turning point, I think, when you realize that you can either choose to feel better or to stay in this, you know, in the not-so-good place, you know, and then you start to use the tricks that you get, you know, that make sense for you, breathing or relaxing or whatever it is, yeah. 
but it does. It's, you're just you're exactly right. It's like a couple minutes. It doesn't have to be a huge thing. Yeah. Well, it's one of the ways that we sabotage our self-care is by telling ourselves it has to be an hour. I can't do yoga unless I have an hour or hour and a half. Like, that's the right. old practice. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I did yoga for an hour and a half by myself. Um, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's a luxury. It sounds, it sounds wonderful. And, you know, I, I, I could probably make it happen. But, but I really, I like to look at, like, all of life as, like, this yoga practice. But you, you being able to nurse your baby and us being able to have this phone call right now, this is a yoga practice. Like, we're, we're yeah. in the moment, we're present. And letting, yeah. letting, like, our self-care really serve the, the present moment quality of all of our life, not just, like, 90 minutes and sacrificing and, you know, making that the, the central focus. Yeah. And something that, that reminds me of is, like, I guess this is what you mean by sabotage. Like, it also can become a chore instead of an uplifting practice when we think of it as, like, something that has to be done and it has to be in these kind of parameters instead of, like, oh, here's some space. Let me do this, you know? And then it's, like, it's not a chore. It's just this beautiful gift you have that you know how to do to uplift yourself, you know, to feel good inside the body and the mind that you have. To me, yeah. It, it's, it's important, and that's when, when you said inspiration, I agree. It, it, it's like we, I think we all can think of times in our life where we just we see we meet that person that's inspiring to us of like whoa, mm. this person they're they're alive and they're they're talking about things that get me excited and when I'm in their presence I get like oh and I, I like I think about my own self care journey and, and I, I did make this big shift a few years ago and it it really came from listening to this interview series um, this woman Suzanne Bryant did with a bunch of yogis and actually Dharma Mitra was mm. one of them and mm-hmm. it's one of those yoga things that was like yeah she, she made that documentary yoga is and she it was yeah. like something it was a promotional thing but she was putting these interviews up and I started to listen to them and it was just yoga teacher after yoga teacher what they started to talk about was their own self care and, and like drinking their green juices mm. and taking some time to breathe every morning and I was like because I've been teaching yoga for a while and I was like I'm not really doing these things and I'm not really feeling that good and it it was just realizing like (laughs) oh and I got inspired or I was like I want to drink a green juice I want to I want to get up and like walk in the morning and um Mm. it became this this joyful thing instead of I think before it felt like this this fight that I would have with myself every day Mm. Mm mm-hmm Mm. Yeah, and and I think maybe that's the role of being a, a teacher. And I something I totally get from you. It's like I look at you and even hearing it in your voice. I'm like, oh, like I don't know. It's like hard to put it into words, but it's, it's just like I can I can feel the the depth of your practice in you, and it it wakes up the depths of my practice in me. I think you're exactly right. I mean, this is this is what Dharma said. For, you know, his whole teaching. He said that, like, you're only going to share whatever is really within you, you know? So, like, whatever you are practicing, that's what you can really transmit, you know? Not just in words, you know, but just, like, it's something that, you know, people feel, you know? And um, I think I have a really similar journey as you. Like, I spent 
in like the beginning years of teaching, I, I was practicing for 10 years before I did training with Dharma. And, um, and, and then for the beginning, like three or four years of being with Dharma, everything was really about discipline to me. Like, this must be done, must be done, must be done, must be done. And I, and like, yoga was my whole life and still is, you know, like this broader way of understanding yoga. Um, but I hadn't, like, really put in the whole self-care part yet and the self-compassion part, you know. Like, I hadn't realized that, like, the way to love all beings with my whole heart was to start with this this being that I was in, this body and this mind and this heart. And that was a really amazing shift for me. And one reason why it was so powerful is that for my whole life, I had been battling with um, with feeling like I wasn't good enough and that um, my worth was somehow less than everyone else's, like that I was the only child that was not a child of God, you know? And and so when I really started to, to bring in self-care, all of that shifted, and it was a really, really beautiful thing for me. Um, yeah, so it's a real similar thing. Like I started with feeling like, you know, the answer was, you know, I was in being compassionate towards others, which of course it is, but, you know, how it all has to start with ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's kind. Of, it's kind of this really interesting distinction I hear in there, and I, it's, it's something I've talked about before, and really realized it myself. Like the distinction between self improvement and self care. Like, mm. yeah. it's really it's tricky because the self improvement feel it feels similar in some ways, um, but this, I really think the self improvement comes from the ego of feeling like there's something in me I need to fix. There's something in me that's broken. And, yeah. and the self-care is like, no, I'm whole, and this whole being of yes. mine needs a little upkeep now and then to make sure that I yeah. keep remembering that I'm whole. Yeah. Needs love. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. But, and I, I think what and you then, said about, so, oh, go on. Oh, just just the whole notion that, like, that's when you can really radiate love, you know? Like when you understand that you're whole, that's the only way we ever get to see that everyone is whole. You know, when, we, when we're like on the self-improvement route, we're seeing, we're seeing people as like what they need to improve instead of like, wow, look at that magnificent being. Oh, did they know this about them that's so magnificent, you know? Instead, you know, the self-improvement is like, oh, you got to fix this and fix this and fix this, you know? It's so amazing how that works. Like, and that's a beautiful distinction, self-improvement versus self-care. I, I just thank you so much for talking about self-love. <laughs> it's, it's hard. I just want to call it out that, like, that... It's it, like what you said about, you know, everyone else being worthy except for you. Because <laughs> it is yeah. sort of this, like, thing of the ego, you know, that we're, that we, you know, that we're either we're better than everyone else or we're worse than everyone else. Like, it always makes us yeah. different in that yeah. way. And I, t- I totally have experienced that, 
do. And it's, it's something, it's a practice for me on a daily basis. It's not like I got to this point where I love myself. It's like yeah. I, I love myself for like a second, and I'm like, oh, this feels mm-hmm. wonderful. And then all of a sudden the ego comes in again, and it's telling me that I need to fix something or something's wrong. And I'm like, okay, we get to practice this again. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, how does does the journey of self-love, how does that change when you become a mother? I think that um, the first thing that comes to me is that you just get a lot, you see, you get more motivated, you know, to... um, just to just really be on the path, you know, this path of love, like living life from a love-centered place instead of a fear-centered place, because you see these beautiful, beautiful creatures, these angels that are given to you for your care and how they mimic everything that you do. You know, they're their own spirits and they have their own... Um, paths in life and things that they will work on and deal with but you see so quickly like they're absorbing everything from you and it's just a lot of inspiration to like okay you know let's do what matters let me focus and 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 go into what really matters like love I think that's the first thing that comes to me really um this past nine months having Jane um, in my body, and I knew she was—I knew she was going to be a girl from like the moment we were pregnant. And Louis was even saying, Louis, our son, was even saying, "Yeah, it's baby girl, it's baby girl." This was like right when she first came, nine months ago, nine and a half months ago, and that really shifted. That like bumped it up a notch for me too, like that because women, so many women I know, I actually don't think I know a single woman that does not have, um, that hasn't, like, talked to me, you know, talking about how they don't feel like they're good enough or, you know, various shades of not loving themselves. And I just, and just, like, I want to, I want to, I want to show her that, that that's where we can be our best, you know, and we can be so good to people from that place of self-love. I just, I just feel so motivated, you know. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah. Of course, you know, like, accepting that I'm I'm in a process, you know, and... And, um, you know, not beating myself up when it doesn't go as planned or whatever, you know, but um, they're really an inspiration, I guess, you know, um, to really just do what, is, do what we know in our hearts uh, is helpful, you know. Mm. Like the truth. Yeah. It, like here and there that like it just it it refocuses that we can't we can't waste more time, you know, not believing the truth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Mhm. I, I thought that it way when. More that. Mhm. Oh, I was going to say I thought that way when my um, when my dad passed away. That um, mm-hmm. just like being being in the hospital with him, and I, I do I really feel like the birth and the life cycles are are so similar in terms of just them really waking us up to like mm-hmm. what's really going on. But it was mm-hmm. like I. I'd spent my whole life trying to, like, fix my dad, you know, because I was trying to fix myself, and I didn't really, real, I didn't really realize that I kind of knew on one level, but I kind of didn't really know. Um, mm. And it was, like, being in this moment with him um, where I, I was, like, I couldn't fix him anymore, you know. It was, like, what was happening yeah. was just happening, and so, like, the only thing that was left to do was just love in that moment. And I was so, like, I was, like, cheer up just thinking about it because it was so powerful. And there was, there was so much innocence in my dad, you know, and in me and everybody in that moment because there was no, there was no space for, for like, us believing false things, which would be that we're not, we're not yeah. capable of love or, we're, you know, it was just the truth was there, which was love. And I, I imagine that, you know, that's the way I feel when I see my friends and, and their kids, it's like there's so much innocence there that it's like there's no space to not believe that this being is not totally valuable and lovable and that, you know, it's like if, if that being is full of love and value and every other being, like it doesn't make any sense that like I wouldn't <laughs> be that way. It's like right. we really think about it. Right. Yeah, it's so funny because what I was thinking of was those beautiful messages in like so many scriptures about like how we're all going to pass you know so there's no time to waste you know and that's just what you said you know what comes up when we understand this hmm. it's a it's a gift you know within within hardness you know and within I think there's I mean, I really feel like there's hardness on both ends of the spectrum and there's beauty in both ends of, like, the birth and death cycle. And within all of that, it's like we, we struggle, we, like, kind of get ripped open in so many different ways. And within it, it's like, I think mean, maybe that's what, like, like, grace is all about, really, is just that, that truth that can come forward in it. What it reminds me of, like, what you're saying is... Um you know, I used to feel like, okay, I need to practice being humble. I need to practice being truthful. I need to practice, you know, this virtue, that virtue, this virtue, all connected into, like, really understanding who I am and just coming from a place of love, you know, this whole yoga thing, you know. And I used to think I needed to work on it. And then then as life has passed, I see that, like, I don't work on being humble. I get humbled, you know. I don't. Um, I don't work on surrendering. I'm forced to surrender, you know. And um, and that is a huge, huge, huge part of being a mother in my experiences. Like and like where so many gifts have come from. Like I can't. I can't express in words how many times I've asked for the grace of God to help me surrender so that I can understand what God is and understand what this great mystery is. And and the moments where I've, like, surrendered the most in my life have been with these, with these beautiful children, like, just realizing, like, 
when I've wanted to control their sleep or when I want them to grow faster or when I want this or the mind wants that or, you know, and it just doesn't work, you know, and just having to be like, okay, I told, I surrender, you know, here's my white flag, you know, I don't control this, I see, you know, and um, they're, it's really beautiful gifts because then you can relax, you know, as a mom and flow with it more, you know. Um, the truth comes out, like you say, you know, from these, from the suffering, you know. Oh, that's beautiful, Hannah. And like what I what I hear in that too is like it's you know that like this the suffering is kind of part of it. That like you wouldn't you wouldn't be humbled. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't be you wouldn't surrender so deeply if you were not like kind of back up against the wall of like this is not going how I want it to go right now. <laughs> Absolutely. When you're like when you're totally exhausted, right? And and there's a part of me that like knows that that's coming, you know, because I'm still on the honeymoon phase with Janie, you know, like. I know that it's coming when, you know, it's been a month or two months or four months or six months with the same little amount of sleep, you know. And, you know, your mind, the mind gets wonky and I know that that purification is coming, you know. And so I'm like, okay, bracing myself a little bit, but also knowing now that this beauty comes with it, you know. So that feels, there's a little bit of relief in that, I think, um, knowing that from suffering comes all these gifts. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make suffering any any less intense, I think, but it's like, again, <laughs> it's like that, that layer of drama. Like, I mean, I feel this, this is like such a huge thing for me in my yoga practice. It's like, okay, me freaking out that I'm still in this pose that I don't want to be into, and it, like, <laughs> It's really making the pose any easier. But there's um, a common thing I've heard among mothers, like you can be tired and angry or you can just be tired, Uh, you know. So, okay, I'm just a little tired, you know. It's just what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like permission, permission to be tired, permission to be you know, even even be angry, like just without getting upset or feeling like we shouldn't be angry. And I know this is really big for a lot of women, especially, is this feeling like I shouldn't be angry. But it's yeah, like what I, what I keep finding with my own emotions is that like if I don't resist them, if I just allow them, it it's very powerful how that can actually shift. Like I was, I woke up a couple mornings ago, and I'm in between two big trips right now, and. I had a wave of anxiety when I woke up, just like, oh, there's so much to do and that feeling of kind of lack. And my normal instinct is to, like, kind of elbow it into the corner and put a smiley face on it and, you know, just, like, resist it. And I was like, <laughs> no, I was like, I'm just going to, I was like, I'm just going to feel this anxiety. And I, like, felt it in my whole body. I, like, it let it get really big. And, it, and then it was just, it was like a cup of coffee. It just got me out of bed and I was like, it gave me, like, a lot of energy, actually. But I realized it's like I, you can, we can spend so much energy resisting what is arising or, you know, we can actually kind of just get curious 
and 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 humble. I hear that, but like, like, you know, why should you not be tired, or why should I not be angry, or you know, why should my father not be passing away, or all of these things, like, Mm. they just happen. And like, you know, of course, we, you know, in a perfect world, we would be able to change it and kind of have the perfect, perfect everything. But that's. It would. I think it would disconnect us from the experience we're actually looking for. Yeah. Yeah. That's. It's really beautiful. Like, there's an idea um, from one of my spiritual teachers, Saraswati, that like part of this whole game of self-care and you know living a life centered in love or God, however you want to say it, is letting go of the resistance to the resistance, you know? So there's some resistance to life, like, oh, I'm not getting enough sleep, and that causes the anger. And 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 then when I then have the resistance and want to elbow it and put a smiley face on it, then there's the other layer of resistance, you know, instead of just, like, letting it be. Um that's a really beautiful way to say it that I'll think about over these next days. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is, it's been so lovely to, um, again, more than words, just to kind of experience your presence on the call and, um, and to hear your your honesty and, and how much, like, I don't know, it gives, it gives me a lot of permission um, to love myself when I hear about your journey of self-love, too. And I hope everyone who's listening right now can feel that, too, that it's like two, two people who have been studying yoga for a little while or still this is a daily practice for us, but it's, it's really okay for you to be having a daily practice of self-love and learning learning about yeah. yourself and that it's, it's okay to be hard, that it's hard sometimes. We might, you know, you might never get to the point where we don't feel anxiety or anger or, you know, crankiness or whatever, but that, that you're worth the journey of, of really just getting curious and and taking those moments when you can in there. So I think we all are. Either none yeah. of us are or we all are. You know, I, I prefer yeah. to over all of us are. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I don't know anyone that's not. <laughs> um, and... Our, one of you know, Sri Dharma um, told one of our um, Sangha members recently that this never stops. It just keeps going. Even when you understand who you are, you're still in this body with a mind, you know, with reactions. You know, we, you, I don't know because I haven't under, I don't have self-realization, but you know, this just keeps going and going. <laughs> so why not why not try to engage in self love rather than not engage in it, right? Um, it's, when you when yeah. you break it down like that, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> what are our choices really, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's like if we're not, if we don't take the time to be conscious and, you know, be in conversation like this or get inspired by people who help us remember, like I think so much of the work mm. is really taking the time 
to remember. And I think that for me that's what meditation is, is just the focus time to remember. And, you know, you, you connecting with your, your little ones sounds like there's a lot of remembrance in that too. Yeah. That's really beautiful, Grace. Like um, so many teachers say how like it all, it starts like little by little, you know, like so we remember you know, like 5%, you know, and I guess it's probably not linear, you know, at least not in my experience, it's not, but then, you know, that there's more and more space of remembering, like, what we are and the magnificence that is all around us all the time, that we're made of, that everything is made of, you know, and like resting in that is so peaceful, but like... Mm -hmm that remembering is, we have that remembrance, you know, we have to work on that remembrance, expanding that remembrance in our lives. Um, I really love that. I love that way of saying it, too. Remembering. Oh, I, that's beautiful. Oh, I thank you for helping us remember here and um, I just really appreciate you taking the, the time and, and sharing so, um, so truthfully of, of your own experience and I, I know the people you, listening in feel the same way. You're very welcome. Um, and if you, if you come through Washington, D.C., um, when Hannah is, is, are you teaching right now or you're, you're taking your time, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not teaching right now, but probably in six months or so, once we get to know each other a little bit more, Janie and I, and figure out our patterns and stuff. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, well, in six months, if you're coming through Washington, D.C., you should definitely take class with Hannah. And, um, and maybe you can come back in, in six months and we can talk again about what, what new insights have arisen. I'd love to hear more about your process. Oh, that would be really neat. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, well, be well, Hannah, and thanks, everybody, you too. for listening. Thank Bye-bye. you so much, Gracie. Bye. You're, you're so welcome. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot and remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place.